Amen. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, God, thank you for today. God, thank you for this amazing opportunity. God, I pray that you use me as your mouthpiece. Remove me out the way. God, thank you that you loved me enough that even in my brokenness, you saw fit to give me another chance. God, I ask right now that no matter what anyone is going through in this building, that your word speaks clearly to them and that their lives are transformed today. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody say That's what I'm talking about, y'all. Woo! My, my, my. One more time. Can we give it up for the student choir, though? Can we give it up for the student choir? Y'all, those are my babies. I absolutely love them. I get the opportunity to serve with them, 6th grade through 12th grade, and they just bring me energy. They just bring me energy just to see them doing what they are doing, and they don't have to. They're unashamed, and they want to. Listen, I am super excited about this next generation and what God is going to do in this next generation. Um, But let's jump into it. Um, So those that may not know me, my name is Kendall Johnson. I am from West Texas, Midland, Odessa. Yeah, some of y'all may know where it is. Most of y'all probably like, where on the map is that? Don't worry about it. There's nothing there except for oil field and football, okay? You either work in the oil field or you are playing football, but you, if you're not doing that, you're not doing anything else, okay? And so growing up there, I had three big fears. I was afraid of a couple of different things. Number one, I was afraid of rattlesnakes. So if you know anything about West Texas, you can take the trash out and there will be a rattlesnake waiting at you uh, at the dumpster, okay? So like literally, I was so afraid of rattlesnakes. Here's the second one I was afraid of. I was afraid of confident birds. You know those birds that literally have the confidence that no matter what you do, they don't move out the way. They, they actually take the time to fly right towards you. You know those birds that's in Walmart? that sits on top of your car? Yeah, those are confident birds. It don't matter what you do. I done started my car three times, and you still there? Move. Like, what are you doing? What are you doing? So that, that, that was my biggest fear. But then there was another one. There was a thunderstorm. I was afraid of the sound of a thunderstorm. Every single time it rained, it began to stop me in my tracks. If I was outside, I didn't know what else to do with myself. I seen the water and I was like, is it about to lightning? Is it about to make that big old noise that I don't like? And as a child, I will be so afraid every single time because what they would do is I, we would be watching TV and then it would come up on the screen and it would say, we interrupt this program to let you know that there's a thunderstorm on the way. And immediately, no matter what I was watching, I could be watching football, basketball, I could be watching cartoons, but immediately fear overtook me. And I was afraid, and I was like, there's no way. There's no way that we're safe if all this water is out there. Y'all, I still to this day can't swim (laughs) because of the thunderstorms in my life. But I remember one particular uh, time that my father, We were sitting down, we were watching TV, and the program came up. Hey, we interrupt this to let you know that there's a thunderstorm coming. They said at 7 p.m., and it was going to last to 1 a.m. I was like, I ain't going to never sleep. Like, first off, 7 to 1, that's a long, Lord, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing? And so the thunderstorm, y'all, it kicked off, and it started very, very small. Light rain, 
just a little drizzle. You couldn't even hear it. If you turned the TV up enough, you were perfectly fine. But by the time it got to about 9 o'clock, it began to kind of rattle a little bit. And it began to kind of shake the windows a little bit. Y'all, around the time of 11.30, I thought the world was ending. I was like, what in the world is this? I remember the biggest noise as a child. It was like, and I was like, oh, Lord, the, the world is ending. And I wasn't really that afraid until I seen my sister get afraid. My sister began to cry, and she was like, Daddy, what's going on? And then my mother began to say, Babe, are we going to be all right? When your mother starts questioning things, listen, if mama's scared, everybody's scared. You hear me? I was like, if my mama is scared, this got to be a bad thunderstorm. But then my father walked into the living room. He said, everybody, calm down. Follow me. We followed him into the closet of his bedroom. And the first question I had is, why are we in here? What does that have to do with the storm? He said, it takes you away from the danger. In here, you are the furthest away from anything that can harm you. And then the next sentence that he said absolutely changed my mind. He said, as long as I'm in the room, you're going to be okay. As long as I am in the room, you're going to be fine. You don't have to worry about the thunderstorm because in this moment, daddy got you. And I'm here to tell you, one community, I don't know what storm you are going through in your life because there's enough going on in this world. And I know that if I'm going through something, somebody else is going through something. But I'm here to tell you that everything is going to be okay. In that moment, it changed my perspective of my father. I've always seen my dad as a provider. I've always seen my dad as a best friend. But that day, I seen him as protection. The storms that are in your life, the storms that are in your life are not there to harm you. They're not there to destroy you. The storms that are in your life are there to reveal who God is in your life. It's there to reveal who he is. And so I want to tell you that certain storms have to happen. You wonder why you went into a financial storm? It's because God was trying to show you I'm a provider. You wonder why you went into a mental health storm? It's because God was trying to let you know, hey, I'm a mind regulator. You wonder why your child was lost and you're like, how in the world? I've done everything that I can and I still feel like my baby's lost. It's because God was trying to show you he's a way maker. Certain storms in your life have to happen, but it's not to destroy you. It's to show you who God is. And so as we look at the text today, we are going to be in Matthew chapter 14. It's a story that everybody knows, but I'm telling you here, Matthew chapter 14, verses 22 through 33. And I'm going to break it down just simple. I don't want to read the whole thing and spoil it. But what I do want to do is show you a couple of thoughts that God revealed to me. So let's talk about it. Verse 22 says, Immediately he, which is Jesus, made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side. While, they were, while he sent the crowd away. After he sent the crowd away, he went up to the mountain by himself to pray. And when it was evening, he was there alone. It says, but the boat was already a long distance from the land, and it was battered by the waves, for the winds were contrary. 
Let's go back up to verse number 22. It said, immediately he made the disciples get in the boat. Listen, we're talking about Jesus here. Fully God, fully man. It wasn't an option. It wasn't a debate. He said, get in the boat and go to the other side. Out of obedience, the disciples did exactly what he asked them to do. And here's what I want you to see, is that Jesus knew the storm was coming, but he still told them to get in the boat. He knew, he's all-knowing, he had to have known that there's a storm that's getting ready to take place, but all I need you to do is be obedient. Get in the boat. So here's what I want you to see. Certain storms happen for a purpose, on purpose. The God we serve is intentional. There's certain storms in your life that are intentional. He sent that on purpose. And for me, I'll always question, like, Lord, if you knew it was coming, what, why? Why would you still send them? Why would, can you imagine the disciples? They had just fed the 5,000. They had literally just finished serving all these fish fry plates that I like to call it. They They just finished doing all of that, so I know they were tired. And he still said, I need you to get in the boat. And out of obedience, they got into the boat. And here is the part that I love right here, the obedience of the disciples. For us, obedience equals blessings. But right here, obedience does not always guarantee that there will be peace. In 2019, my family and I moved to Dallas. I told you I was from West Texas, and when we moved here, we had nothing. We moved here out of obedience. I knew that God was sending us here. I said, there's something more that's out in the world that's not in this little bitty country town. God, I don't know what you're doing, but I know you're sending us there. So we moved here in 2019 from Millen, Odessa. We moved to DeSoto, Texas. And y'all, when I tell you a storm was waiting on us when we got here, we got the blessings. We moved here. We, were, we, we got a new house. We moved here and we got a new car. Yes. We moved here to a new city, new opportunity, new schools for my kids. Y'all, we felt like, oh, we done made it. I ain't in that little country town no more. Lord, we done made it. We in the city. But when I tell you there was no peace, we had no community. We had no friends, no family, no resources coming in. We had nothing. The, the obedience that, you're, that you are, you've been given God in your life, that obedience does not guarantee that it's going to be peaceful. Certain things in your life is going to be hard on purpose. The, think about it this way. When you choose to trust God, don't it get harder at times? Ain't that crazy? It's like as soon as you want to do right, there he go again. As soon as you say, I'm going to break this relationship off, there she go again. Like, for what? What do you text me for? We've already had this conversation. As soon as you literally say, okay, God, I understand. I trust you. I'm going to go to church. I'm going to serve. I'm going to tithe. All of a sudden, your car break down. Somebody break into your house. Your kids start acting the fool. You're like, Lord, I'm trusting you now. Everything was fine until I decided to trust. Listen, I think, the, I think the reason why this happens is because we have the definition of peace wrong. The definition of peace is not a storm. The definition of peace is literally in the middle of the storm, but you are in the presence of God. 
That's the definition of peace. The definition of peace for me was I knew what God was revealing in our life even though we were in a storm. For my kids, he became a best friend. He became a best friend. He revealed himself to my kids a best friend. That's all they were looking for. They didn't know anybody. They had no clue where we were at. They didn't have any friends. So I remember my son dancing around the house saying, Jesus is my best friend. Go back. I literally remember that. And so I'm looking, I'm looking at my son in the midst of this storm, but Jesus is revealing himself to him. For my wife, she needed community. She didn't have friends. She didn't have anybody to let her know, girl, it's going to be okay. I listen, listen, we was in DeSoto. My job was in Plano. Yes, Jesus, the gas. <laughs> Can you imagine every single day you get up and you got to drive every single day and them toes, Lord help us. Whoever created toes is of the enemy. <laughs> you are of the enemy. There's nothing godly about it. I don't care what you say. <laughs> but every single day I would have to get up. And so here's what was going on in our house. I was isolated. My kids was frustrated and my wife was irritated. All of these things was going on at one time, but I watched God over time reveal himself to every single person in the house. To my kids, he was a best friend. To my wife, he was community. To me, he was a protector and a provider. God, I'm an hour away from my family, but if you protect them, God, I'm trusting you. I can't be there all the time, but I know that you got my back. Listen, storms are not there to destroy you. It's there to expose who God is in your life. Let's go to the next point. Verse number 24. Verse number 24 says, but the boat was already a long distance from the land. It was battered by the waves for the winds was contrary. Here's a good one. It says, and at the fourth watch of the night, he came walking on the sea. When the disciples saw him, on the sea, they were terrified and said, it is a ghost. And they cried out in fear. Listen, this is what I want you to say. God's timing is intentional. Any better. I fight every single day with this child, with this spouse, with this job, and I don't feel like it's getting any better. If you know what the fourth watch is in this scripture, it said that Jesus went to the mountaintop at evening, but he didn't show up in a storm until the fourth watch. Let's just say evening was about nine o'clock at night, 10 o'clock at night. Y'all, the fourth watch wasn't until three to six a.m. They were rowing for quite a while. They were struggling for quite a while. They were in the midst of the storm, wasting all of their energy and really not even getting anywhere. I'm sure they felt frustrated in that moment. I'm sure they felt like, why did he even send us out here in the first place? There was some frustration going on with them, and they were trying over and over again. And can you imagine what was going through their mind? But when I say that Jesus' timing is intentional, Jesus comes out at the fourth watch. When they least expected it, it's when he showed up. There's a, there's a story in the Bible about Lazarus. And Lazarus, he, he, he died. But Jesus, they begged and asked Jesus, Jesus, would you just come and heal my brother? Would you just come see about him? The Bible says that they, Jesus showed up after Lazarus was in the tomb for four days. He was already dead, and then Jesus show up. Jesus, what are you showing me out of this? 
Jesus is saying, there's some things in your life I need to die just so that you know I'm the one bringing it back. Listen, I don't know what it is that needs to die in your life, but let it go and allow God to take over that situation. I don't know, you don't have to hold on to it because you may be in the midst of a storm and you may feel like things are dying and things are falling off of you and you prayed and you asked for Jesus to show up. He's not late. He's just working on his own timing. There was another story, three Hebrew boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They are literally in the midst of the fire because they wouldn't bow. And you know who was astonished? The very person that put them in the fire. He looked in the fire and said, is that not one, two, three, four? There's four people in the fire. I know we threw three of them in there, and I know we had them bound down. But now I see four people in there, and he said one of them looked like the Son of God. What's the lesson behind that? Some people are astonished about the fact that you're still standing. Some people are literally astonished, like, how is she still smiling? How is he still getting through that? How in the world are they still paying their bills? How in the world is their kids still at home? How in the world is their marriage still working? And you just say, it's because Jesus showed up. It's because he showed up. It wasn't on your timing. It was when they least expected it. When they least expected it is when Jesus said, I'm going to do the most. I don't know what storm you are in, but Jesus is going to show up. Hold on. Don't give up. Don't quit. Don't give up hope. Don't let it go. Don't say, I can't do this no more because the disciples had every reason to give up. But watch this. Because they were in the middle of the assignment of where Jesus sent them, to go back was the same distance to go forward. So what I want you to see is don't quit to go back, but cry to keep going forward. Cry to keep going. I know the world around us is crazy, but we got to stick together. We got to encourage ourselves. We got to encourage somebody else. It's going to be all right because when Jesus show up, everything is going to change. His timing is intentional. His timing is intentional. Y'all, this is the good part right here. They are in the boat. They have been rowing. They have been straining. And then it says Jesus walks out on the water. First off, Jesus, you walking too slow, okay? <laughs> Listen, we've been out here for quite a while and you just walking? I need you to run, Jesus, okay? You was up there praying for a mighty long time. Jesus, can you just run for a second? Can you jog a little bit? Like, we've been, we've been dying out here, you know? But watch this. Jesus was walking on the very thing that was overtaking the disciples. Whatever was overtaking them. The winds, the waves, it was under his feet. <laughs> Listen, I'm trying to tell you, I don't know what you're going through, but it's under his authority. It's going to be okay because he's walking on top of the issue that you're going through. Right now, you are in a storm and God is saying, don't worry about it because I'm walking on top of it. I'm walking with confidence. But here's what happened. They see this image, and they see, oh, my goodness, what is that? I, I don't know what that is. 
And because of the circumstances, I mean, the, the circumstances that was around them, because of the winds and the waves, and because all this craziness was going on, they was terrified. They was like, is this a ghost? First off, I would have thought the same thing. Like, Jesus, you, you walking on the water. They thought it was a ghost. Storms in our life will blur your vision. It will blur your vision. The very thing that is sent there to help you, you might be afraid of it. You might not talk to it. You might walk right past it. Here's what I want you to see. I remember a time in my life. I was leaving football practice, and I was driving back to the dorms. And I told you I was afraid of thunderstorms. And I said, Lord, you must be doing it again. Because that rain was coming down, and it was hell. It was literally like, bump, 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 bump. Y'all, I wasn't in this 2000 and whatever nice cars nowadays. I was in a 1992 <laughs> Toyota Camry. The tires barely worked. The paint was chipping. The, the driver's seat window didn't even want to roll up. Like, it was, the windshield wipers was like, don't even try it. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, literally, I was so irritated by the, the, the condition that I was in, and then I was like, Lord, I am in the midst of this storm. Like, what, what is this? So, you know what I did like anybody else did? I pulled over on the side of the road. I said, I'm going to wait this thing out. I wasn't far from my destination, but I'm going to wait this thing out. Then I ran out of patience, and I said, I'm going to just call somebody. Somebody got to come help me. I called my friends, and they said, you where? <laughs> you still out there? <laughs> I said, yeah. I'm, like, I'm still out here. Can, can, can you send somebody? Matter of fact, you come get me. Like, you know what I'm saying? I done drove you around everywhere else and then went to every other party. Can you just come help me in the midst of this storm? And they was like, nah, bro, we ain't getting out of there. <laughs> like, nah, you good. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, you all right. You, you, you good. And no joke, y'all, I see this image walking towards my car. And I immediately got afraid. First off, I'm in this storm. Second off, it's hell. And third off, my driver's seat window won't roll up all the way. So I don't know who you are, sir, but you're not getting in here. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was so frustrated in that moment. And as he got closer and closer and closer, I was like, I don't know if I know him, but maybe he got some type of help. He got right up to the window, and he knocked on the window. He said, Kendall, is that you? Y'all, this man knew my name. I said, oh, my goodness, help is on the way. Why was it my head coach from football? Listen, I couldn't see him, but I knew his voice. Peter couldn't see Jesus, but he said, Jesus, if that is you, tell me to come to you. Peter wasn't afraid of the storm when he said, I, I hear a voice that sounds familiar. Peter has spent some time with Jesus. When you spend time with Jesus, his voice is familiar in your storm. His voice is familiar. You know him. You're like, oh, no, that ain't Jesus, but that's Jesus over here. You know his voice even when you can't see him. That's the beauty. And so Peter said, if that really is you, tell me to come. Jesus said, all right, come on, <laughs> come on, Peter. Can you imagine what Peter felt like before he stepped out on the boat? First off, he was just scared of it. He was just scared of the very thing that he's getting ready to step on top of. 
But he had confidence because he knew the voice. You receive confidence when you know God's voice. There's some things that's going on in your life right now, but you know if God is speaking to it, everything is going to be okay. So Peter stepped out on the boat, and he began to walk. And as he was walking, he was focused on Jesus. He was looking, and I'm sure his vision began to get a little bit better because now I know who it is, so I can begin to kind of make out the image. Oh, that really is him. So let me get closer to him. Let me make sure that I'm walking in confidence. And all of a sudden, something happened that took Peter's attention off of Jesus. Listen, there are some things in our life that will take your attention off of Jesus. Here's what I call them. I call them faith sinkers. They sink your faith. Here's number one, doubt. Doubt sinks your faith. You believe that you can do it until somebody tells you you can't. You believe that you should, you, you, you should do this. You believe inside, or maybe you have kind of what I have, and you just don't believe in yourself at all. And so you doubt, and you walk in fear. And you never move. You stay still, like sinking sand, all because you don't know if God is going to do it. God, I want to trust you, but I'm afraid. God, I want to give you this thing in my life, but honestly, I don't know. Doubt is a faith sinker. Fear. Fear is a faith sinker. When you are afraid of something, Y'all, I'm telling you, when you're afraid of something, you know the feeling that overtakes your body. When you are afraid of, I don't know how this is going to end. I don't want to move another muscle. I don't want to go through this, Jesus. I'm afraid. When you have that fear internally, it stunts your growth, it stunts your progress, and it keeps you sinking. The last one, distractions. Listen, this is the easiest generation to get distracted. Everything is a click away. It don't matter what it is. It's a click away. It's a conversation away. It, it, whatever it is, it's, it's, it will take your attention off of God. So those faith sinkers, whether it's fear, doubt, or maybe if it's even being distracted, the only way that you can keep standing is you have to have a life jacket. The life jacket is focus. You have got to focus on your target. You got to focus on Jesus. You got to say, Jesus, I'm going to trust you even though I don't know the circumstances, but I'm going to keep my eye on you. Even if you're afraid, even if you're doubting at times, even if you get distracted, keep looking. But Peter began to sink. And here's what I love. Peter took his eye off of Jesus. But Jesus never took his eye off of Peter. Jesus reached down, grabbed Peter. And here's another part that I love. He didn't place Peter back in the boat. He placed Peter right back on top of the water. He's not going to solve it for you. What he's going to do is he's going to place you back on top of it and say, now walk with me to it. Walk with me to it. What if, what if Peter had a word to walk on? What if in your storm, 
you had a word to walk on. Peter only had come. But what if in your storm you have a word of God to, to walk? I bet your walk would look different. If you were literally in the midst of a storm and you begin to walk, what if you said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thy are with me. What if you said, no weapon formed against me shall prosper? What if you said, though they slay me, yet will I trust in him? What if you had a word to walk on? I bet your walk looked different. Storms that come in your life, they are not there to destroy you. They are there to reveal who God is in your life. It's literally that simple. If you look at the end of the story, verse 30, it says, but seeing the wind, he became frightened and he began to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately Jesus stepped, reached out his hand and took hold of him and said to him, you a little faith, why did you doubt? And here is the part that I love. As they were walking back to the boat, number 32 says, when they got into the boat, the wind stopped and those who were in the boat worship him saying, truly, you are the son of God. That's all that God is trying to get you to see. It's truly, I am the son of God. No matter what it is that you're facing, truly, I am the Son of God. No matter what the issue is in your life, no matter if you feel like, God, I don't know what the outcome is, truly, I am the Son of God. And what I love is they worshiped him. Y'all, you can worship even before he do it. You can worship even while you're still in it. Because I hear to, I'm here to encourage you. You're not going under. You're not going under. You're not going to quit. You're not going to give up. What you're going to do is you're going to focus on God, and you're going to say, God, if that is you, tell me to come. And you're going to walk in obedience, even though you may feel like there's no peace at the end of this. You're still going to walk in obedience. You're not going to become distracted, and you're going to trust his timing. All these different things you're going to do. Why? Because you're going to be walking on his word. One community church. We're all in a storm together. But Jesus is walking with confidence. And we are walking right along with him. Don't give up. Don't quit. Stay focused. And watch what Jesus do. Let's pray about it. Heavenly Father, God, I thank you for the storms. For we truly understand that storms happen for a purpose, on purpose. And God, I pray right now, no matter what storm the, everyone is going through in this room, God, would you reveal yourself to us? God, some of us in this moment need you to be a healer. God, some of us in this moment need you to be a redeemer. God, some of us in this moment need you to be a way maker. Some of us in this moment need you to be a good father. God, whatever it is, God, you are the great I am. So I pray in this moment that you will reveal yourself to us. God, I thank you that you never took your eye off of us. Even when it gets hard, you keep on loving us, encouraging us. God, so help us keep our eye on you and not grow weary in well-doing. It's in your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen.